the Four Seasons route to sustainability, this time on Culture File. We spoke recently to the soloist Patrick Rafter about his newly launched Marble City Music Festival, at which he played the Four Seasons a lot. Well, he's not the only one with the idea of building classical music infrastructure via Vivaldi. Sinead Hayes is perhaps best known as a conductor with Hard Rain Ensemble in Belfast, and she's about to join the development programme for women conductors at the Royal Philharmonic Society in London. But lately, she's been putting in time as a musical entrepreneur, as well as getting match fit as a violinist, as she explained to Culturefile. I've been back properly playing since July, actually, uh, and it's a challenge. I do at least two hours a day. Sometimes that's an hour, uh, sometimes it's three, but it's 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 two hours a day. And like when I miss a couple of days, I really just have to get back to the etudes and, you know, do half an hour of kind of chef chick or something to get get myself fit again, because it's that it's just keeping that fitness level. Because, I mean, um, I did a, a few concerts there with the Contempo Quartet during the Four Seasons. And uh, on one night and one Friday, we did three Four Seasons back to back. So I did the solo part of the, of the Four Seasons three times and La Folia thrown in for good measure. So we did each of the concertos, we did the four of them three times at like at seven, uh, five, seven and nine o'clock and it was, it was incredible. So I needed to be really fit. So I've been building up to that level of fitness. So the candlelight concerts have come to Galway. So um, I, I, yeah, I kind of stepped in to lead the lead the contemporaries for for a few of those. It's amazing because you get you get an audience that like we had never seen most of the people at any concerts in, in Galway before. So the candlelight concerts, it's quite a commercial operation. They are total masters of Instagram. So they have they have managed to reach an audience that we haven't reached. And like some some seats in that concert were going for 45 euros for an hour an hour of a you know an hour of a concert. And it was amazing to play, but I mean part of me started to think then, okay, this is great and it's providing employment for musicians here, it's providing employment for support staff, but all the profits are leaving the island. That is a that is an international company. So none of those profits get ploughed back into music in Ireland. So it kind of inspired me to do my own thing, which is what I'm doing on the 21st of December with Strings at Christmas, to maybe get something started here that I can start to fund my own projects from maybe more popular concerts that I do, certainly as a player. And so it's it's been great. And I suppose, you know, doing those concerts gave me the confidence that I actually could could do it because of course there's always that doubt after I think I was about you know 10 years not really playing classical <laughs> violin in public lots of trad which is a different different thing entirely uh but like you know just the confidence to do it so it's it's kind of yeah spurred me on lighting the candles is the big bit though, <laughs> well the, do you know they're all battery operated so I mean it's amazing <laughs> I mean it's a total operation like they they advertise in the candlelight concerts a thousand candles and of course it's all remote control so you know you have one person they flick a switch and it just goes on so the you know the, the hard work is putting them out and then taking putting them all back into the boxes afterwards. Now I think for Tomb I won't have quite as many as a thousand cancels. I've been I've been kind of busily buying them on Amazon and things like that. Um, but it's 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 an investment and I I really want to, to start this. But I also I want to start it in the west of Ireland and maybe in smaller venues, rural venues, um, where people maybe don't have access to you know, concerts like that. And it can be a social thing as well. So I suppose there's a, it's, it's kind of the start of a bit of a master plan really to, to just kind of develop more live music and develop more opportunities for classical musicians in the West of Ireland so that we can have an ecosystem that supports 
musicians to be able to have sustainable careers in the West. Your other big occupation, I suppose, for 2024 will be with the Women Conductors Programme at the Royal Philharmonic Society, which, of course, is run by Alice Farnham, who ran the similar kind of programme at the National Concert Hall. Tell us about how you got involved with that. I asked Alice Farnham to help me develop my kind of conducting teaching skills. I had seen her work with the conductors in the National Concert Hall and I just thought she is such a a beautiful way about her with, with teaching. So I wanted to really develop, I suppose, as a conducting teacher as well myself. I suppose for me, I'm a bit more experienced, uh, but trying to get, you know, outside the island to work really is is the next step for me and how I would maybe go about doing that. So she she suggested I apply for this and I wasn't sure because, you know, you, you don't want to take an opportunity from a, a less experienced conductor or a younger conductor. Um, she said, no, it's it's kind of geared for people like me. So yeah, I, I was delighted to, to go and apply and yeah, delighted to have been accepted. The RPS scheme is kind of it's mentorship and it's working in masterclass situations with uh, the Royal Northern Symphonia. And it's really all the things I, I need at this stage, uh, mentorship, feedback really from from players on, you know, maybe things to improve because obviously I've, I've done a fair bit of work uh, in Ireland and you're always wondering, is there things you can be doing better? But of course, people are slightly reluctant to say that to a professional conductor coming in, oh, maybe do it this way. So I I feel I would love more of that now because, you know, bad habits creep in. You're doing things that maybe maybe you think you're not doing, but and, and they aren't working, they're not connecting. So I suppose for me, to get to the next level, I really want to, that feedback and just to improve. In June, my first project with the Royal Northern Symphony is so. Between that and and now, I you know I plan on going to as many rehearsals as possible just to hear how other conductors work. I was at an amazing, amazing concert on Thursday night in the National Concert Hall with Pavo Yarvi, who is you know an absolute god of conducting, and I was lucky enough to go to the rehearsal and just to see him rehearse with those musicians was so special. Just to be there in the room, just to see conductors at that level working with orchestras that they know. It's to get those different perspectives, different ways of working, I think, for me, is is the important thing now. First of all, the detail that they played with. Each and every player took ownership of every single note. And I was kind of surprised at the level of feedback from the players during the rehearsal. So at one point, uh, the double bass leader said, I think we all need to listen to the first violins more. And of course, he was right. And Pavo was just kind of, yes, facilitating that, of course. And then there were certain things that, you know, say, for example, Pavo did something he wanted a specific detail of line to go to the third beat at the end of one note. And it was almost imperceptible. But he was also kind of by stealth because some of the inner parts weren't exactly quite together. So he did it a couple of times, ostensibly to work with the first violins, but really to get everyone else just listening. Um, and so just seeing that in action and seeing how he did that, it was just fantastic. And I suppose as well, the other thing about that orchestra is... and. I was lucky. I happened to be sitting beside the managing director in the concert, <laughs> so I got I got it from the horse's mouth. They they swap like the first and second violins aren't set, so all the players move around. So there's that sense of kind of I'm not just a second violin. You can be playing first violin, second violin, and they did that during the concert. So for the second half, the first and second violins swapped. So it was amazing. It's just and to see that right from the very back of the section and to see the joy that they played with and just the spontaneity. And like there were some things that just almost came apart because they were just so spontaneous in what they were doing. And I just thought 
that's the stuff, that's the orchestra I want to build. And like I was saying to the to the managing director, Herr Schmidt, that's what I want to do with my academy orchestra. And like that's what how I want to work with the young people to build them into musicians or to, to help them grow into musicians who have that sense of ownership over every single note and who have the sense of ownership over, you know, what they do in the rehearsals. Sinead Hayes there and that candlelit concert she mentioned, Strings at Christmas by Candlelight, featuring the Ivernia Quartet with Sinead on violin, is Thursday 21st of December in the Mall Theatre Tomb at 6.30 and 8.30. Tickets from Eventbrite and indeed from Quinn's newsagents in Tomb. And we'll hear more about Sinead's adventures in bringing Irish trad to this year's Darmstadt Summer School next time on Culture File.